We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Jack Ramsey's Post Game Show. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, Blazers pack up the tank for the night and pack up the Washington Wizards. Finish with a 115-110 victory. Improve their road record, Brandon, to three. Count them. Three <laughs> whole road wins. So for everybody getting really, really excited about uh, Anthony Simons uh, driving the tank off the cliff, they did just lose by 32 right before last. So Yeah. Uh, this, these are these are exactly the moments, guys. Enjoy these because there's still going to be a lot of ass kickings along the way. Let me reenact first of all, uh, you watching this game, and this is a shout out to our good friends, the Portland Pickles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second, second of all, um, by the way, oh. I, I just want I want to shout out Dan real quick before we get going on this. It's been nuts behind the scenes for me. I'm currently trying to sell my house and move into a house at the same time. And so it's been a GD nightmare. I largely haven't been to my house um, for like the last all. three, four days. <laughs> and so I haven't been able to do the watch party. So I'm able to make the post. I wasn't able to do the pre the other day. So I'm sorry about that. This process is just about done. But I wanted to shout out Dan because, man, he's, he's fighting on and soldiering on here at the pod. And we appreciate all the love and support you guys have given us. Uh, secondly, I saw that uh, – Anthony Simons was so damn good on the East Coast, he created tsunami warnings on the West Coast tonight. It was unbelievable watching him play, man. Like, he is a number one right now. It's This is, like, I started texting, you know this, I started texting around about two weeks ago when Ant kind of showed a couple games of, like, holy shit. So I started texting a few scouts and execs and agents and guys, like, do you think that he could, like, legitimately, like, he's good. He's going to get paid to be good. Like, he's going to be yes. in the league 10 years. Like, we, we know that. That's That's there now. But, like, do you think he could legitimately be a number one? And nobody really fought me on it, but also nobody was like, yes. During tonight's game, it was just, okay, you were right. I don't – like, <laughs> you were right to, to wonder if that's it because yeah. no matter what they threw at him, he had an adjustment. And he still – he's not perfect. He's not flawless. He still has – he still has shortcomings in his game. Still needs to work on his handle. Still needs to, to maybe make decisions a little crisper. Uh, yep. Maybe force the action. He, he didn't really take a shot in the second half. Like it, he had 26 and a half finishes with 31. Yeah. I thought Casey Holdall did a great job. Like he didn't take his first shot until like eight minutes into the third quarter. And he was like, 
Dog, you just had 26 points and you cooked their entire team forever, anywhere you wanted to go. Maybe force the action. I appreciate the, the like the forcing the playmaking, but let's let's kick it up a notch. Well, I'll push back a little bit on that. I, I I can understand that thinking. I think watching him though, what I've been observing with him, it it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Damon this way. Mm-hmm. Dame has that. Dame has games where he won't score in the first quarter. He'll score like three points. He'll kind of get it going, and then the second half, he's he's on fire. Or he'll get hot in the first quarter. He'll cool off for two quarters. He'll come back in the fourth. I know he only had five in the second half. But he he was so good in the first. And they were largely in control of that thing. I think he was just letting the game kind of come to everybody Mm -hmm. instead of forcing the issue. And I know sometimes it's not a good thing to do that. But I think that's kind of a sign of growth. And he could have very well had 40-plus points tonight. And we'd be ecstatic. And we've seen that already. Right. But we're ecstatic with 31 and the win. So I thought at the end... He kind of came through in big moments on defense. I thought he was big for them in terms of the way he was playing on offense. And he didn't force the issue. So I kind of like that, seeing that from him. So everybody's wondering, what's Ant ceiling? What's Ant ceiling? I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I do. Isn't I do, it this? I, you know what I mean? Like As, as a legit number stats. one running a team? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know because of, number one, who they've played in this stretch in a COVID year when the pressure isn't on. Mm-hmm. But he's answering the questions that are put in front of him. And you and I have talked about this really since we started doing the show, but the idea of like what it, what Anthony Simons needed to be successful. And everybody said, oh, he's played X amount of minutes. And it was never about the minutes that he played. It was about the role he was being asked to play. They were like, go spot up in the corner, go spot up here, you're fifth, sixth, seventh in the pecking order of shots. You go Ben McLemore this thing. And that mentally was not a place for him. It was not allowing him to be that guy. Mm-hmm. The Carmelo Anthony years, like he just had to defer and straight post up and just space the floor for Melo to go get his shots. When in reality, it probably should have been inversed. Maybe he wasn't ready then, but I will say this is the first opportunity in Ant's career where he has been given the same chances, leash, opportunity that C.J. McCollum was given in 2015, or it should be, uh, yeah, 2015-16. 15-16, yeah, right after L.A. left. Yes. Yeah. C.J. was given that, and there was no, like, well, if you take a bad shot or, you know, you're not playing within the offense or, nothing, like, go. Right. Go. Right. And has been told go, and he's delivering. And to me, the most ridiculous part of all this is not the fact that he's scoring. That's not a surprise. That should, If you've listened to me at all for the past three years, that should not be a surprise. What should surprise you and what should impress you and what you should be looking forward to is that the playmaking. He has he gone from like, I don't know, can he run an offense to, holy shit, he probably should have had like 14 or 15 assists tonight. Like that's the difference. Yeah, he's, he's finished with 11. Like he could have had 14 tonight to my count and he finished with 11. Like that's... That in itself is such a huge part of playing that position. That's the one, and this isn't to in any way criticize because he's been phenomenal, but like that's the one area I would say with Dame, he's a scoring guard. Mm-hmm. And so he had a, he's had a lot of nights where he's a seven, maybe eight assists at most. Like, and has had a couple games like this where he's getting you 10 or more. And that's, that's an eye opening part of this. And, and you said something interesting there the COVID year and the pressure because they're not good. Yeah, but Danny, to your point you've made before on the pod, 
He's playing for $20 million yes. a year. It doesn't get more pressure packed than that, right? If you, me, or anybody listening right now said, you have to play your best basketball and you're going to make anywhere from 13 to 22 a year, man, that's a huge variance. And mm-hmm. the fact that he's basically, I think, solidified himself as at least $20 million already. I that might be the floor pressure. now. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. That might be the floor now. Yep. He might be playing himself into that $25 million bracket. Joe Cronin, I bet you tonight, is getting a couple phone calls. He's probably like, Joe- oh, yes, shit, this is getting pricey. <laughs> I promise you Joe Cronin is going, well, I've got the big check here, or I've got a million phone calls over here. I, I hope when Ant signs it that they bring out the big the big cardboard check. The PGA him. check. Yeah, yeah, the PGA check. I hope that's the case. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna back that that Brinks truck up. Uh, I want to talk about a few things here. In that, uh, I saw a lot of their like Terry wouldn't have given this, or you think it's because of the coaching change? No, no. I hate that narrative. I, I think I think it's yeah. because of the roster. I think it's because the path has been closer to cleared. Because Norm's out with health and safety protocols. Because CJ got hurt. Because Dame had surgery. Mm-hmm. They don't have a choice. Terry was not given that. He was, in the final year, it was, you, if you don't get to X, Y happens, which is you're getting fired. So you can't trust young guys. You can't go, well, let's experiment with some stuff because every game is make or break. And the year before that, when they had the injuries, it was kind of the same thing. And they signed Carmelo Anthony with this whole thing of, he's going to get 15 shots a night. That's That was part of the agreement. And you've got Cantor, and you've got other guys that you're trying to work back in. This was never a coaching thing. It was opportunity yeah. and role. I, I think, um, you know, Terry and the young guys and the playing time, like that. that's well documented. I get it. But when Terry was faced with losing LaMarcus and given a roster of Dame, uh, Al Farouk Aminu, Mo Harkless, what did he do? Oh, that's right. He didn't just bench CJ McCollum because CJ was still technically a young player. He played him. He played him 35 so minutes I, I a just, night. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, like, I hate this. Terry played Ant. Go Remember, he played Myers, too. He played right. Myers a truckload in 2015-16 until he got hurt. Ant played 20 minutes a night last year. I don't think people realize that. because it was never you know, minutes. It, it was, wasn't a minutes thing. No, opportunity. And, and so it's, it's roster. So, like... For whatever that crowd is, if it's two people, if it's a hundred, stop, stop acting like this is something that Chauncey Billups created. Um, give credit to Neil for finding the asset and taking him. And if Terry was still the coach of this thing, he would have no choice but to play him. And I largely think even if he didn't have a choice at the start of the year, he would have played him just like Chauncey would have. I just, mm-hmm. I, I hate that we lean on this. It's like another way to blame. We Terry were for screaming this at Chauncey to play at the beginning of the year. Like, yes, you've got to find a way to get in on the floor. Like, what? What are we doing here? Like, there was a couple games uh, in the first like 10, 12 games. You're like, why the hell did Ant only have twelve minutes? Oh, oh, well, there you go. Oh, I oh I accidentally hit the button. My bad. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm done with this conversation. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> It just it is funny is because it completely distorts like the the angles of like the views that I have for oh, Zoom shit. plugged in. I'm sorry. No, it's I'm funny. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I was like, eh? <laughs> um, we'll get back to talking about Ant because he'll he'll carry the day. But some other guys had some monster games tonight. Uh, start with with Nurk, twenty three fourteen, two assists, two steals. Did foul out. Did choke a little bit the free throw line. But honestly, Brandon, for the last couple weeks, Nurk has been significantly more aggressive 
Uh, they are definitely giving him more post touches. And that's the part of that is they only have one guy who can dribble, pass, and shoot consistently, and that's Ant. So that means they have to find another way to, to manufacture points. And if you go back, this is what's hilarious about all this. If you go back to Terry Stotts when they had those injuries and Carmelo Anthony was being force-fed post-up opportunities, it wasn't because Terry thought that Carmelo Anthony was this great post-up player or that you know that was an optimal offense to run. It's because they just didn't have other options. Like you, yeah. Even if Melo got a bad shot, you know what it wasn't? A turnover. Like the the floor for the the level of shot needed was much higher with Carmelo Anthony going into a post up. It drove me insane, and I knew that in that moment. The same way it does with Nurk. Like I look at it, and I'm like, they're force feeding Nurk for the sixth straight possession. What the hell is going on? And he started the game off tonight two of six from the floor, mm-hmm. and it was oof, just ugly stuff. And then he goes five for five, and you're going, okay. And then he starts feeling himself a little bit more again. And he, I think he went like two for his next six again. And it's yeah. like this back and forth, back and forth. Like, what have you seen from Nurk over the last couple of weeks that you're like? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it just the Nurk experience? Do you think it looks different? Do you think he's a little happier getting more touches? Oh, well, I mean, I, I think it's a bunch of things. You know, I, I really don't think it's one thing that you can sum up with Yusuf and the way he's played. Um, good game tonight. You know, I, he had bunnies that I just, oh, you know what I mean? Like, we're so used to those misses, but it still kills you when you see him do it instead of just going up a little stronger. 
but he was good. He he, he had a good game tonight, and he's played well uh, recently. I, I think a couple of things play a factor here. Uh, one is the thing you hinted at there. This dude was told in the offseason he was going to be Nikola Jokic light, and they quickly pivoted out of that, and he lost his shots. He's getting shots, and he's he's not unlike a lot of players in this league. They check out if they don't get their shots. When they start getting their shots, guess what? They're engaged. They're active. He fouled out. It's not great that he fouled out. They had secured that win. I know it came down to the end there a little bit, but he had secured that win. Yeah. And at least he fouls out. I'd rather him use six fouls than finish with three fouls and a worse game than what he gave us. He was aggressive tonight. I like that. I think what he sees, Danny, is what we all see. He's getting traded soon. And I, I think it 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 benefits him to to have these performances, to have these games. It benefits the team a little bit to see this Nurkic. Not that it's going to elevate the trade status even more, but it, it just benefits both parties. Not even really the trade status. It's just you're upping your averages. He might go to a team where he's a backup, Brandon. And, and I think that's important here, right? Because, by the way, he's also playing for a payday. So I mm-hmm. think it's a bunch of different things mixed in, and it's good to see, but it's good for me because I just think, well, there's going to be a team that's going to take him rather soon. I think he knows that at this yeah. point. I. Listen, again, if I can find a sports book that will allow me to p- place money on Covington Nurkic being traded, I would place a lot of money. Also, speaking of placing money, a little, little hat tip to, to us tonight taking the over. I had, people, over baby. I had people text me like, you think it's going to hit it? And I'm like, they need 15 points with nine minutes to go. Yeah, they're going to hit it. Are you... They had 70 at the half. <laughs> like, I was like, shit is over. Like, are are you rap. kidding me? Yeah, like it was like it actually slowed down. I was like, ah, that might get close, but... What did we say it was going to be like 220, 221? And I think we, yeah, we said just north of like 218 ish. Yeah. yeah. And it is 225. So, yeah. 10 points is clear and easy. I looked at it live with three minutes to go and it was at 218 and a half. And I was like, yeah, we're good here. If they're, if they're, <laughs> the live book is 218 and a half. We're, 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 we're free and clear. And, yeah. Um, one of the things, uh, John M says, uh, I want to trade Nurk, but we're really missing screening. I feel like that's not talked about enough. Nurk is probably a top five, top seven screener in the NBA. That's a very fair thing to say, by the way. Totally get it. it, it he he very much is. He's, he's just, like, let's put this in, in very easy to digest terms. He's also one of the five biggest dudes in the NBA. Very large dudes are mm-hmm. very good at screening. Like, mm-hmm. you just can't get around him. Steven Adams, nobody looks at him and like, oh, he's a big guy. No, Adam, Adams is a monster uh Myers when he was here people used to like oh Myers is Myers is one of the best screeners in the NBA when you're he was just Adonis man when you're this wide you, you don't even have to be good at it like you don't even have to like be like Robin Lopez was dirty as hell big as hell but he also used to take like when he would open up for the role he'd yep. hit you with that elbow or yep. he'd put that big <laughs> ass on you just just a little extra like yeah. KG was a great screener because he he just held the shit out of you like mm-hmm. there was, he wasn't that big. Nurk is big as hell. Like, and it's no like, little guys will often try to, you know, give a little extra. What mm-hmm. ends up happening to those guys? They go to the floor. Right. I mean, I can sing Nurk's praises on, on a couple things. Screening is one of them. He's one of the best screeners in the NBA, and he allows Dame and to and a lesser extent lately. Anthony Simons to get a truckload of space. If you try to go over and you get stuck, all of a sudden you've got the defender sitting there like, oh shit. You know, like, yeah. am I supposed to deal with Nurk on the roll or do I go up on this kid that is going to elevate and make me look really stupid? 
right, and right. we're seeing a lot of that. And Miles Turner is not that guy. Miles Turner is not that great of a screener. He's an okay screener. Like Sabonis is on the level of Nurk as far as like mm-hmm. I, I've told the story before. I've run into our baby Sabonis in, in underneath Moda, and I bounced off of him. <laughs> like he's a big, strong dude who doesn't move. I he am bounced not a... off somebody and said, "Who the fuck?" Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. I literally, I literally did one of these. Oh, <laughs> you, know, you look up. <laughs> like if I bounce off you, you're a large human, and you're yeah. you're, you're very well grounded. Um, it was like somebody cemented his feet into the ground. Um, but it's, that's something that, that, that probably goes, uh, overlooked pretty regularly as it pertains to Nurk. And I, I thought he did a fantastic job of that tonight. I, I think that's a great point. Um, but I, I also just say this though, with guys like Miles Turner, if that's who they end up getting and that's their latest reports, right? They figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. They figure it out. And also Miles is going to launch that thing. Nurk is not really a threat to, you know yeah, what I mean? Like the pick and pop is real. The pick and pop with Miles Turner is going to be very real if that's who they end up getting. So, it'll be fun. You know what? It's a trade-off. It is. It's a different style. They do get a little more rim running. They definitely get something more athletic and vertical. Um, Nurk wasn't the only one who had a good game tonight. You had a lot of guys. Nasir Little, 6 of 8, 2 of 3 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line, didn't make a ton of impact in the box score outside of scoring. I think that's probably one one of the very few times you can say that about Nasir Little. But 18 points on eight shots, and Brandon, yep. he was he was shooting that thing after a game of letting them letting you know ten of them go the other night. Uh, only three tonight, but I have been hammering this point. When I, when I get a hold of a point that I think really hits, I echo it over and over and over again until everybody kind of gets it. And the Sear Little getting his feet right is about as good of an indicator as you can get as how, about his ability to to get a shot off. I, I thought tonight, you know. Ann is probably the story of the game mm-hmm. because of the 31 and 11 and, and what's the potential. I thought tonight Nas showed you who he could kind of be. Now, look, the three-point shot is a different conversation. That's something that I think he's just going to have to work on throughout the year and work really hard on in the summer and hope he can develop it. But when he plays the way he played tonight, I mean, Danny, that's, that's a very valuable commodity mm-hmm. for a team that's trying to contend or compete in a pretty loaded Western conference. I, I, I feel bad because Nas, his two best games recently have been when the Ant shadow band. 43 yeah. or 31. And you're like, wow. And, 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 and it's like, Nas is over here getting you at 18 and 17. You don't get talked about that much. That, that was a good performance by Nas. He got the shots he wanted. Um, as you mentioned before, getting the feet set and he didn't force the issue from three. You nope. know, he started two for two. He shot one more. He ended up missing it, but, he didn't force the issue from three. And I think a lot of players get stuck doing that in the NBA nowadays. Um, Nazir Little, shout out to him. I know he didn't get all the rebounds in the world, but given 18, that's that's the kind of stuff Joe Cronin and company want to see. It, what's, what's really interesting about what you just said, about like how his games have kind of come in the shadow of Anthony Simons, that's going to be his career. Yeah. And that's yep. not a bad thing. Like, I don't ever – like I'm not saying Naz isn't just a, a, a good player or even a great player or, or can't – turn into something even more but you look at Nas and he's just a fantastic supporting player like if you're projecting Ant as far as like their best case scenarios Ant's a number one running a team's offense like you build your offense around a guy who can take a three off the bounce from 35 feet in who is added one of the best floater games in the NBA and by the way I'll have a piece out uh, later this week uh, breaking down Ant's floaters 
Zach Lowe beat me to it, and now I was, I was kind of irritated about it. And I was like, God dang it. And he just threw it in, in his, like, 10 things his I 10 like things thing. I like, I'm like, yeah, I've got, like, that. a giant video built out on it. I'm like, Lowe, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was working on it when it I'm dropped. I'm cutting this out. I'm cutting this part of the pod out. I'm sending it directly to Zach. I'm like, hey, this is what we think about you in Portland and your 10 things I like. I, I was just, I loved it because I was like, oh, it means I'm on the right track. You know, it was one of those yeah. situations. But uh, I will have that out later this week. Uh, I I put all the video content I've been working on the side because so much was going on with the team. I was like, this is not going to be viable next week. Let's go ahead and push this stuff back. Uh, and it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that develops. And honestly, of all the things Ant did tonight, that late shot clock runner, basically to secure the game yeah, with three guys on him, those are the kind of plays that a guy that, a number one option. Those are the shots they have to hit. There's nothing else. You just have to manufacture it. And I thought Ant did a really good job of that in the closing couple minutes of, of putting guys in positions to make the right plays and, and making those opportunities count. Um, but as it gets back to, to Nas, if you're talking about projecting his game out, Gerald Wallace, the jump shot is a really good player, but Gerald Wallace with a jump shot is not your number one. He's probably not your number two. I think if Nas hits his ceiling, He's a really good number three. Yeah. And that's yep. not a that's not a bad thing. Like, it's not a bad thing at all. His transition finishes tonight were fantastic. He opened the game up with a dunk and just like, get out of my way, punch. Yes. Uh there was a couple there were a couple transition opportunities. There's two, in fact, where he Euros and step throughs, powers up, and then finishes with a nice layup. Uh, I had a couple people ask me, like, do you really think he's that good of a finisher in transition? I'm like, yeah, he's got all the tools. He's six six. He's 225 pounds, and he goes downhill with real aggression. Like, that is something Portland has not had. Brandon Roy? Like, Nick was graceful in transition. He was good in transition. But, like, where you're thinking, like, he's going to power through guys regularly? Brandon's yeah, probably you it. Might, you might have to go to Brandon. I can't think of anybody top like, of my head. I mean, they just haven't had like dudes at the at the two three spot with with size and strength. Yeah, no, that's the thing they've obviously been lacking. Like Wes, Mo, Mo Harkless. <laughs> like the idea of Mo Harkless, sure, no, but like know, actually converting it. It's probably Roy. It's probably Roy, which, which is, is kind of crazy. I, mean, I know that seems like a lifetime ago at this point so it just stands out just so bright yeah uh with that speaking of standing out um we're we're this far into it we're 25 minutes into it and this is really the first we're mentioning it bob covington is having a hell of a couple weeks bob covington suddenly getting some shots and also giving you incredible effort i don't think it's a coincidence given everything going on with the team touching the ball just a little bit more this is the Bob Covington I think every fan thought they were going to get when you traded two first for him. And, you know, I know it's kind of over. He's going to get traded. Like, I'm sorry, I need to say this one time because you said it, and I want to echo it. Nurkic and Covington are getting traded. It is not a matter of if. It is a matter of when. Yes. It is malpractice if you do not trade those two dudes and let them walk at the end of their contracts. They are getting traded. That being said, I've I've been happy for for Cove to have these games because I know it's probably been frustrating with Dame, CJ, Norm. Like it's tough to get shots in that group. And you know what? He soldiered on. He stayed healthy. Stayed on the court. 
and he's finally getting the chance because you know other guys are injured right now to get those shots. And he he gives you a hell of a effort on defense. He had a couple plays there, especially at the end when Washington was kind of crawling back, getting back, knocking passes forward, like breaking stuff up. And and that's something that not everybody on this team can do. So I've I've been happy for Cove to at least have these games, even though I know he's going to be gone soon. Yeah, and I've seen a few people say Covington, you know, should they look to like trying to re-sign him? But Blazers can't play that game. They can't play chicken. Nope. And they, it's, it's why they need to make that move. That's why they have to make that happen. Because with his contract expiring, he can go sign with anybody. Yeah, they have bird rights. But I have a reeling suspicion that Bob's kind of run his course here. Like, I, th- I think he's just like, hmm, um, just not for me. And that's Okay. It's like going to you know going to work in a, a new job and you know two years later you're like mm, not what I thought it was going to be, right? Right. And he I can go explore and play wherever I want to play. There's not going to be a shortage of suitors for him. He's still got game. And it's just I, I've got people in the chat talking about Brandon Roy was awful in transition. I'm going to mute every single one of you. Good God, <laughs> get get all the way the fuck out of here. Let Jesus. me just say right now, please don't do that on the chat because you are talking about Jesus. The guy of guys for Danny. Good like, l- Not just that, but it's like, do you, how old are you? Did you watch him play? I think that's the, that's the question. Did you watch Brandon Roy? <laughs> Good Lord. Brandon Roy was not firing up a bunch of three points. Like Brandon Roy. <laughs> Brandon Roy was cooking dudes oh. and having some of the best layup packages in transition of all time. Ron Artest and Kobe Bryant, just Dwayne Wade, they all said the same thing. The last thing you wanted was Brandon Roy coming downhill. Yep. Good Lord. <laughs> they played slow, but Brandon Roy was not bad in transition. Y'all are nuts. Oh, good God. I'm just... I didn't think anybody would pitch you off after this game. Here we are. Here we I mean, are. Good Lord. Um, But back to Bob Covington. Been playing really well, man. It's kind of funny. You look at the uh, the January numbers for guys. Number one, Ant actually improved uh, his January numbers. He's now up to 28.3 points per game, uh, 8.2 assists, three rebounds, shooting 51, 46, 91. He's going to get a player of the week. He should have probably gotten it last week. I know, Jaw, but like, Jaw got it because they had yeah. the extra win and all of that, and also that behind block. them. I mean, let's just be honest. The stats are good. Jaw's amazing. That block circulated everywhere, yeah. and I think at that, that block point, won like, him the award. Yeah, he jumped fifty inches to block a shot off a backboard. It was remarkable. Yeah, it, I mean, just out of this world. Um, um, Ant's Ant's performance tonight, Dan. Uh, you know, it goes back to something I said in the pregame. I cannot wait to see it Monday when CJ comes back and CJ may not yes. play a ton of minutes, but, but seeing just, and does he start? Why well, you have to, I think you have to, I think he's, he's owed it. I think you bring is he, CJ is he, along. Is he owed it? Yes. The way he's played in this, this, these couple weeks. Yes. This team, this team is not in a position to be saying, well, we've got vets. Sorry. That's, kid. A, that's what no. No, I was saying. It's, it's, it's CJ owed the start. <laughs> like probably in the vacuum he probably I, I feel is. like i feel like larry david between the yeah you're the, like the, nah, I don't know. yeah i'm like stuck in between the woman i'm having sex with in my religion i'm just like 
<laughs> I don't want to pick a side here. Yeah, it's. I, I want to see him play though. I want to see how he plays. Did you say screw it and go three guard lineup? Yeah, I don't. And I don't CJ care Norman, just like when Norm comes back, it's, it does sound like Norm's getting better. It sounds like he'll be back on this trip. So well, that's fine. And if it's Monday, cool. If it's not, then we'll see another time. But if it's Monday when CJ plays, I just want to see how CJ and Ant what that looks like because I'm assuming CJ is going to get some shots up. How does Ant play alongside that? You got Covington because we know what he was when they were healthy, and Nurkic is playing well. I'm just, I, I expect him to beat Orlando first of all. Orlando's pitiful. Uh, but I, I'm, I just want to see how that looks, like how Ant looks in that moment. Because, again, I think there is an element to right now it's Ant, go get your shots, go score, go help us. Then it's going to be, well, now you got CJ, and Bob's playing well. Nurk is getting the ball. How does Anthony Simons work within When that? all of a sudden there's more in that pecking yes. order, and where does, yes. he, where does he slot in? Does he feel like he needs to – you know, defer to a CJ in a certain moment instead of just going and get his. Maybe he doesn't, but like I want to see what that looks like. Uh, ben pointed out, I, I must have missed this pregame because of, of the time we were doing the show, that Chauncey did confirm that, that when CJ returns uh, against Orlando, he will start. Oh, okay. So maybe Norm won't be back yet, and it makes the decision very easy. It ends up being Ant and CJ with well, Ben off gonna, the bench. Yeah, but if you're going to play, if you're willing to play Dame CJ Norm, play Ant CJ Norm. Sure. I think that's kind of like where it's at. Um, I don't think CJ will destroy Ant's rhythm. Uh, or Beach fan says uh, CJ will destroy Ant's rhythm. This is the test. This is like, can can Ant figure that part of it out? Yes. This, this is what's important because if Ant is in, ends up being the guy, let's say Norm is moved, let's say CJ is moved, and Ant is the starting two guard going forward, as good as he has been, and he has been phenomenal, very little to nitpick about, he is still going to play second fiddle to Damian Lillard. And so he needs to know that he is getting himself into that spot where he's going to have the greenest of lights, but it won't be the light. Like, Dame, it's, it doesn't matter. There, there needs to be sometimes a little bit of a yellow light, a little bit of a yellow light for Ant when he's playing out there with Dame regularly. So how Ant navigates that whole situation, that, you and I have talked about this a ton over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, how the Blazers and the team and Ant and in general navigate this, unless CJ's moved relatively quickly between now and the deadline, is really really interesting to me because I think it can be pretty telling as far as maybe showing their hand um, for what they want to do in the off season. If, if Ant keeps playing at this level, Dame's been pretty complimentary behind the scenes in terms of supporting him on social media and whatnot. I hear you. I, I think Dame is – that's Dame, and he's going to remind a lot of people next year how good he was because it's just crazy how many people have given up on that dude. Oh, he's shot. He's old. He's done. It's like, okay, well, we'll see what he's like when he's healthy. I think Dame's going to actually if, – if if this is what they do, if, if they say we're dealing CJ, we're dealing Norm, we're signing Ant, and we're bringing three or four of these dudes back, and then we're going to try to figure out some of this stuff with trades. Mm-hmm. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see Dame in a lot of moments say, Ant's cooking. Like, I think he's going to reach the level where he says, I'm going to get 20 points tonight, not 30, because Anthony Simons hasn't cooking. Take that I, I load just, off. Yeah, I think he's going to do that, right? Like, his message to hold all about realizing the, the end game here, yeah. the long-term stuff, I, I think he's now elevated to that, right? Like, the best players figure that out 
and it's hard to figure that out because you're so competitive and good. But I think Dame has. And, and I think if he's seeing what Ant's doing, man, he's not oblivious to it. And if you're seeing this, how do you not go, shit, I got a real run mate here that maybe 6'4", maybe 6'4 and a half. Like, it'd be great if he was 6'5", but I got to let this dude get his buckets when he's cooking. There's a lot more miles on Damian Lillard than on Amphrey Simons. Yep. And letting Simons – and he, here's what, what I really want to see and I think is going to be really interesting, even with CJ back. What does the gravity look like with when Ant has the ball? And let's, let's say they establish the pecking order, that Ant is still the guy. What does it look like when Ant has real supporting guys, like NBA scouted? Like, you know CJ's a certified bucket. Mm-hmm. You can't load up against Anthony Simons with CJ McCollum on the other side. So what does it look like when all of a sudden they start trying to throw a double or string a box in one on Anthony Simons like it's been done the last couple nights? And you go, huh. Like, what does his decision-making process look like? Where does he force shots? Where does he not? Where does he find guys open? That, to me, is like the most interesting thing over the next couple weeks because if CJ is on his way out, knowing what Anthony Simons can or can't do yet or how that develops over the next couple weeks alongside another guy who's a, a bucket getter is, is the most important thing for this team. Like, is there anything more important developmentally for this franchise outside of losing and gaining draft pick odds than the, the development of Anthony Simons basically no. being tossed into the fire? No, no. This is the second biggest thing for this franchise. You could probably argue it's actually could be the first, depending on how they're viewing him right mm-hmm. now. Like that draft pick could be nice. Or they could get the seventh draft pick, and it's like, eh, draft-wise. You could use it as a trade asset, but you're probably not excited to make that pick. But if Ant finishes playing, say, averaging 25, 24, and 8, that would have that, that will have been huge for, I think, the organization going forward in terms of maybe their thinking with the roster construction. Yeah, and this thing, and, and uh, there's another comment here, but doesn't keeping Ant just perpetuate the issue of having two little guys in the backcourt who can't defend? It is a, a continued problem. Yeah. But here's the difference, and this is the same thing I said about C.J. McCollum early on. Surround them with guys that make sense and see what happens. Because you're not going to get anything else to replace those guys. Ideally, ideally, Anthony Simons is your $20 million sixth man for the next two years. Or Ant develops enough defensively to not be a pushover at the two spot. Those are your two options, and I think those are much more viable. The, the other part of this is, is Ant's making $20 million and not 35 That's a whole-ass roster piece. That's the difference between him yep. and CJ. Because I used to kind of joke, like, oh, even if Ant is only like 75% of CJ Colm. And I'm, I've said how I feel about that. Maybe I'll change my opinion. I'm always willing to do that. Not one of these uh, stubborn people who either – never changes their opinion or somehow pivots the opinion to still make myself look better, I will admit if I change my opinion on it. But if Ant is the guy for them along with Dame, you have to load up on size and shooting. And I know that's easy because every team wants size and shooting spray. But you cannot conceivably run back a team with two six three dudes. I know Ant, I know Dame's not really 6'3", but you can't run that back and not make any drastic changes to the supporting cast. Like you have to make that a priority to get those guys real size and mm-hmm. real dogs. 
Uh, everybody's saying that it froze up. I guess it was a YouTube thing, guys. I, I don't know what, what happened there. Uh, on our side, I checked the stream health and everything was still good. So, uh, Oh, I did think, I freeze? No, we all, like, oh. YouTube froze. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, it says it's, it's, it's back now, but um, oh. I, I, I don't know what happened there. Uh, I, I have the stream health kind of tag going as we're, as we're running and uh, everything was still going good. So mm. I don't, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but long, long story short, uh, basically uh, it's uh, it's a good time to wrap up because the Blazers have this, this <laughs> four game trip coming up. Uh, we will do a mailbag pod tomorrow because we didn't really do one uh, last week because of the timing of everything else. So get your questions in uh, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's Jack Ramsey's at gmail.com. Thank you all so, so, so very much. We love you. We appreciate you. This is um, these are the fun moments, and like these are the ones we want kind of want to enjoy uh, as they mm, kind of struggle down the stretch, probably. Um, but uh, like I said, we do have some guests coming up for the the post game show. We'll have some guests for the live watch party, and uh, like I said, I will have Jake Fisher on. I think we're gonna have him on uh, when they get back from the road trip. So basically, like two weeks from the trade deadline, uh, I will effort him sooner if they make a move. Uh, and as always, if we uh, if we get. Uh, uh, a move during the day or something like that. We will uh, have a live reaction as quick as we can. Uh, I work from home, so more often than not. <laughs> so it sprays off his show relatively earlier in the day. So yeah. uh, we can kind of have that stuff covered. So thank you all very much. Help us grow the pod. Subscribe if you're watching here on YouTube. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Download the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, whatever it is. Uh, iTunes, it changes. I'm old. I'm washed. I can't keep track of it. Uh, get your questions in. I'll put a post up on Twitter here shortly for the mailbag pod. Until then, my Raiders lost. The Raiders won. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.